Welcome to Page One or Bust, your ultimate guide to getting on page one of search engines. In this episode, we're talking to the VP of Revenue at Switchboard Software, where companies like Spotify, Meredith Corporation, and Pearson go to turn data into valuable information to make important decisions. You'll hear from Dan Adams, who shares insights from his 20 years spent in technology and SaaS. He reveals secrets that can help you navigate the data explosion and improve online campaign results. But before we get into it, here's a brief word from today's sponsor. Page One or Bust is brought to you by Demand Jump. Get insights, drive outcomes with Demand Jump. Get started creating content that ranks at demandjump.com today. And now here are your co-hosts, Christopher Day and Ryan Brock. Hello, welcome back to Page One or Bust. This is your co-host, Christopher Day, the CEO of Demand Jump. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Brock, the Chief Content Officer here at Demand Jump. How's it going today, Ryan? Yo, going well. Excited to be here. It's going to be an amazing podcast today. We are coming at the world of SEO content, go-to-market strategy from a totally different angle today. We're joined by Dan Adams, the VP of Revenue at Switchboard. How's it going, Dan? Hey, it's going great. Thanks so much for having me on today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So a little bit about Switchboard. Switchboard is a powerful data automation platform that aggregates disparate data at scale, both reliably and in real time to make better business decisions. Today, we're going to dive into some hot topics, exploding data and digital transformation becoming a way of doing business. This is a major topic. Excited to get your expertise on this one, Dan. Plus, we are going to talk about the relationship between marketing and sales and go-to-market strategy. So with that, let's kick it off. Dan, tell us a little bit about your journey first to becoming the VP of Revenue at Switchboard. Sure. Really appreciate it, Toph. I love evangelizing new technologies. And that passion has been developed in me since the early 2000s, but really grew when I was uh, employee number seven of a, a young startup called Aptio in Seattle in 2008. Ended up becoming their, their VP of sales and really look for unique technologies that are solving business challenges at the right time. And I think I found that with Switchboard, and I think it's because the world is exploding in data. I'm looking forward to talking to you about that today. Fantastic. So are you, where are you based now? I'm a Chicagoan, so over my shoulder, you might see. Uh, yeah. Coach Mike Digger, Duck Coach. Duck Coach, <laughs> the greatest coach ever. In fact, funny thing is, my sales team from a, a former company got that for me at Christmas one year, just because they knew that I loved the Bears, and I was Duck Coach for the team that year. That's amazing. Oh, I, I grew up in Chicagoland, and I wasn't even planning with like the orange and the navy today, but like I'm so glad that the, everything kind of came together here. That's pretty funny, Ryan. You're exactly right. Those colors exactly match. So Dan, you say, that, you say that data and digital transformations are now a way of business. Can you, can you tell our listeners what you mean by that? Sure. Across numerous industries. So I'm looking at the big industries like retail, financial services, e-commerce, media, advertising, gaming, et cetera, et cetera. What people are finding is that they have too much data, so much yep. data on where are their customers coming from? What are their customers doing? How do they best target their customers? I think there's a quote from a distinguished Gartner analyst, Don Feinberg, who said, data has become the most important asset of any organization 
and the ability to do data analytics is more critical than ever. I, I think that's spot on, right? M marketers and, and sales folks for that for that matter, but marketers have, there's no shortage of data out there, mm -hmm. right? And and so what do we, how do we get that data though to tell us a story? Right, because I, mean, um, I, I remember telling my mom at the advent of Facebook that like she didn't need to be afraid because nobody cared about her. Not in like, <laughs> in the most loving way possible, right? I'm telling her like your data, like no one's trying to figure out what Sandy's doing, you know, having for breakfast today. And like, now I kind of have to like fess up and say, actually, I might've been wrong about that. But the the comfort is there's so much data, you can kind of just disappear into it, right? But I mean, I don't know, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Uh, it just seems mind boggling to me. So we, we were on a call this morning with a, a major agency, major household name agency here in the United States. And they were talking about, you know, kind of the context of data. Mm -hmm. They were talking about, well, well, gosh, why, why don't you care about search volume? Like we really care about search volume. And so we really got into a deep dive discussion around that, that, you know, data bias, not letting data bias creep into the data that you're actually leveraging to make better decisions. And, you know, search engines don't provide search volume on questions, for example. Or if you look at many, many tools out there, search engines or tools that leverage from data from search engines, search volume is different all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's just flat out missing for some of the places that massive search volume happens. One example that's being questions. And so when you talk about you know data and digital transformations are now a way of business, are, are there any examples that you've come across? You know, one example would be search volume I just mentioned, but have you, and if none come top of mind, that's totally fine, but any, any examples of gaps in data or trusting data sources that actually are, are, are encouraging the wrong behaviors that you've discovered over the years? Oh, wow. So, I mean, your, your search engine example is, is really good because if you can't break down the data and find out what type of, you have to get more granular data. Yes. So high level searches, the fact that Switchboard in April has seen a 500% growth over the searches or, or hits on our website since January of this year. It's amazing. It's great. But what are the insights from that? You really need to take yeah. it a layer deeper. And yeah. you really need to start getting more granular. And that's where we start to see better decisions come out of it. Yeah. Are you ranking for your name or are you ranking for pain? That's something you can solve. There's a difference. Yeah, I totally love it. Talk to us about, so just kind of building on that, tell us about, you know, a time where you've leveraged kind of data science to drive, to drive growth, right? What, what are some of the metrics that are important? to you, important to switchboard and how you measure that success as you kind of start to break down data and results. Yeah. So at our current company and past companies, I've always attempted to work with marketing <laughs> and with finance <laughs> to combine data and get a really good look at three things. Um, these are the three things that I, I kind of live by. And I, I always like to work with my marketing friends on them is customer acquisition cost, the yeah. returns on our advertising spend. So where are we spending our dollars and how is that benefiting us? And then what's the overall lifetime value of getting a new customer? Interesting. Those are, those are the three that we have solved for at past companies, solving for here. If you can get those, you get, I think, a very high level understanding from a sales perspective of how to utilize the data and best grow your business. So then if, okay, so with the second metric in mind, what has been your perspective on SEO over the years specifically? Because my experience has been that SEO is like the hardest thing to actually qualify with, you know, or quantify with an ROI number. But what has that experience been like for you? What we found was we could not compete just on spend on Google AdWords or similar, right? There were other companies that were much more well capitalized that could outspend us. So then we had to look for an alternative path 
of how to get those first page rankings. And I've got to say it, guys, I know I'm on with you, but one of the great things that I found at that company was Demand Jump. And it really increased our ability to get in front of the right customers at the right time without having to overspend to get those leads. Yeah, I think it, I think it's spot on. You know, back in the, you know, 20, 30 years ago, right, you could brute force your way mm -hmm. with paid efforts, yep. paid media, let's just say generically. And you could have success with that. And it wasn't, you know, I mean, costs would add up if you did more and more, but it, it, it wouldn't necessarily put you out of business or you wouldn't go broke right on those paid efforts. And the sophistication now today with all the smart devices, right? Think about our phones, think about you know, the, the speakers that are sitting inside of our homes that are listening to us talk, et cetera, the complexity, right, of, of the internet and all of the data that's in the internet that is more based on now human actual behavior, right, using the words that are actually being articulated verbally or through fingertips, which all gets back to basically neural networks, the human brain. We think the right. human brain and the internet have a lot in common. And so, we used to be able to brute force our way with paid efforts, but now today technology is catching up to that actual human behavior. And so the reward is going to the organic alignment of the, the companies that are organically aligning to the actual customer behavior because the internet was built for you and I as individuals, right? Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't built for companies. It was built for you and I as individuals that when we ask a question or make a search, they want to deliver us the best experience they can possibly give and they don't care at all about the company. So then how does the company align to the actual customer behavior so that you can win? Were there, were there any, you know, as you, as you kind of started that shift or there any, anything come top of mind that you're like, gosh, we were, we were really focused on X, which was based on our domain expertise versus Y that we discovered our customers actually care about. And by aligning to that, we built digital trust. Any, anything come to mind? Yeah. We're, we're still learning that at my current company. So we're realizing that what we provide to customers is much more than what the industry would call ETL, extract, transform, and load. And so think of it as a pipeline and you can move data from point A to point B. But if you're removing a lot of data into point B and that's your data warehouse, and it's coming in from numerous different sources and it's not clean, it's not verified, it's not been transformed and unified, you basically have a, a data dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's an official term. Right there. <laughs> a data dumpster. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I used one analogy with my mom. My mom's retired. She lives in Florida. She still goes to Barnes & Noble bookstores, book right? She doesn't do things online. She, <laughs> she wants to go. She wants to feel. She wants to touch a book. Right. And I said, all right, mom, yeah. let's say you go to Barnes & Noble tomorrow to buy a new book. And they've got all the books there. They've got 20,000 books, but they're all in a giant pile commingled. How easy is it going to be to find the book that you want? Well, she said, honey, not very easy at all. Well, that's why they put them on shelves and they categorize them. If you can do that with data, then you can really start to make really good decisions. And that's what, A, we're trying to do sales and marketing as a team here at Switchboard. But yeah. we also do that for our customers with our technology. So how do you, like, what was your first... Um... What were your first steps towards trying to align your content to like the pain customers might be searching for, right? Like, are you starting with like, I want to be, I want to be better at data or are you, are you looking for aligning with terms that are more uh, transactional? You know, I'm looking for this product or this service. Like what are those big topics that you've really put an effort into ranking for organically? Sure. And it's interesting because I, I mentioned it, ETL, extract, transform and load. And that is certainly one of the topics because it's a, a, a big topic, something people are searching for. If we can represent that and how we do that, plus so much more, which is get into what our core is, data automation, 
or a data engineering automation platform. And then we can start a conversation via quick bits of information, concise blog content and other things that allow us to shape and, and teach our potential customers how we're so much different and better than the, what I would call old school ETL. If you are a marketer and you're listening to this, this is the like the biggest, most important thing you can take from probably anything we've talked about on this podcast so far. We have time and time again talked to marketers who are so afraid of saying, well, you know, I don't want to I don't want to write content about this old school thing, this old school concept, because we're new and we're shiny and we're doing something better. But like people don't know that yet. You need to meet them where they are. So that's encouraging to hear the fact that you're willing to meet them where they are, provide the value that they're expecting from you where they are, and then redirect them towards the next best thing. Like that is what I think good ethical quality marketing looks like in 2022. Yeah, that's what we're very much attempting to do. And and really it's it's all about, and, and Demand Jump has been this way for us since you're a partner of ours. If you can form a good partnership around seeking to understand what the business needs and then providing that to them, it's the yeah. best way to truly create that win-win scenario. And we tend to do it just like you guys do. Yes, that's totally spot on. So along those lines, what other tools are you using to help get your data, to help organize your data? You know, so CRM tools, processes, keyword lists, et cetera. What are some other things that are critical in your in your tech stack? Sure. Our, our tech stack and the things that I, now that I've got the ability to bring in technology for my organization at my level, I'm always looking to make sure that we can identify our ideal customer profile. And so you need something, and I'll give out two of the names, not that they are the only ones, but Zoom Info and Seamless are really good at helping you identify who should you be targeting and then what key executives at that organization exist, what's their contact number, what's their email address, and is it verified? So that's something yep. great, right? So as you're building out your ICP and you're figuring out who do we want to go after, then having that integrated into an outbound platform. Again, numerous ones. We use a company called Outreach, which can automate some of the delivery, but still allow you to do personalization and hyper-personalization. It's a phenomenal one-two punch. And then you end up storing everything into a CRM. And, and we happen to use at this company, Salesforce. I've used HubSpot in the past. But you know, you've got to have a core marketing Marcom technology stack. And, and that's what we use for our sales organization. So I'm hearing a lot of account-based marketing in yeah. what you're talking about. So it sounds like that's a big part of what you your your philosophy is with sales. Absolutely. At this organization, we definitely have to do it. We're an enterprise solution for growing digitally first organizations. And, and they want to have a relationship with you, not just a transactional, a lot of outbound spam. It totally makes sense. So let's let's leverage that into kind of the next section of, of what we're going to deep dive into. And that's the relationship between marketing and sales. So talk to us about how you think about you know, closing a loop between sales and marketing or what mistakes that you've seen and how teams are structured and, and what adjustments you've had to make. Yeah, so things have been learned in the past and, and mistakes have been made, but it truly is best when the, let's say at your organization, the highest level uh, sales or marketing is a VP. So VP of revenue sales, like myself here at Switchboard and a VP of marketing. Both of those individuals should have the same common boss. At our organization, it's a CEO. Next year, I hope it's a CRO. Hope that's me, but <laughs> that's, that's a little bit about me, right? I love it. Uh, uh, no but, doubt it's going to happen to track your own. It's awesome. I, I appreciate that. But so if you're both aligned and reporting into the same individual, that person can also make sure that you're staying in alignment, right? Yep. yep. And also you should just have at least weekly, if not even more often, conversations between those two. And we have at least once a week and actually more ad hoc where myself and the VP of marketing are coordinated and making sure 
that were very well aligned. So we've done it very well here. I have been at other organizations where it wasn't as well aligned and sales was off doing its thing and market was doing off its thing and they weren't coming together perfectly. You're wasting time, you're wasting effort. And so that's what you try to get rid of in most organizations. And through years of experience and a lot of gray hair, I think we've done a pretty good job of that now. Outside of you know that, that common leader between the two, maybe playing some interference, like who do you think ultimately does or should steer the direction? Is, is that is that a fair question to ask? It is. And, and, and I've heard this from VPs of marketing or CMOs. Some people have said, we are the most sales-focused marketing organization, okay? I, I love when someone says that and they say it because they think that and they really, marketing a lot of times, in my mind, is truly helping generate revenue for the organization. That revenue responsibility falls on the VP of sales and revenue. So everything should be aligned around customer acquisition and how do we make sure that both parts of the organization are doing everything possible to stay aligned on those goals. 100%. I mean, I, Dan, I, before coming to Demand Job, I, I owned a marketing agency for 10 years. And the the relationships that I had, the customers that my, were my favorite were the ones who brought their sales leaders to our meetings. And, and like they were our customers almost. You know, we had maybe a marketing director, but what we really had was clear direction from a salesperson about what, what do you want? Like, what, what, bring me this kind of lead or this kind of person or whatever the case might be. If anything, it just focused us and, and it helped me say no to so many things that would have wasted our time. And I think that, you know, if we had had that in every single situation, it would have been better. So I, I, I tend to agree as a marketing guy myself, like I love it when sales is like very clear, like this is what we want. And I'm like, great, I got my, my, I got my lane. I'm going to stick in it and bring you some nice presents, hopefully. What are, are there any examples of like vanity metrics that saw that you saw, you know, calls teams to get off track in, you know, over the various things that you've done over the years? I would say the one, similar to the topic we were talking before about searches. Yep. So web visits. Yeah. Web visits without any detailed information. Yep. yep. Really is flying blind. Yes. So it, it could be great that we've got more people visiting our website. Kudos, everybody. Let's pat ourselves on the back. Now, who's visiting? And what, what are they orders, visiting? And what, what pay, portions of the website are they visiting? Right. And how long are they staying? How many on average, how often do they visit? Or in a unique visit, how many pages have they viewed? And then the, the, the golden you know, nugget is what organization is that? So company, and then linking it into, okay, at that company, who are the top executives that might fit our ICP that might've been looking because of outbound targeted efforts, tying that all back in together. I can't mm -hmm, tell mm -hmm. you, Toph, when you've been on our website, but because of some technology that we've adopted, we can tell when Demand Jump has visited our website, and then we can hope and assume or take a more educated guess. Well, we were outbound targeting these four and three or four individuals. Let's go back to one of them because they might be ripe for the technology now. There, there was a time like five years ago where uh, my my company's website ended up getting like like triple the traffic over the course of like three months, and it was just insane. And I like didn't dig into it. I was just very proud of myself. And eventually, like it wasn't three months; it was maybe like six weeks or so. And eventually, we looked into it, and like some image I'd ripped off from somewhere for a blog post was like reused on some other blog post or something, or like ended up ranking in Google Images or something. So like I'm getting all this traffic from like a picture of Walter White from Breaking. <laughs> Bad. It has nothing to do with my business, but I felt great for like maybe a few weeks there. I was very proud of myself. That is, that is a great example, right? That is a vanity. You were very excited, 
But yeah. did it create additional customers, relationships, revenue for the company? Maybe not at that point. No. If anything, it maybe opened me up to some litigation uh, that I luckily <laughs> avoided. <laughs> oh my gosh, Ryan, that is funny. Oh goodness. So how about how about any walls that that you know that have been accidentally formed that you had to break down right between revenue and marketing teams to align on a common goal? Yep. Everyone's super busy. Never yep. in the history mm. has people been busier at work, right? But sometimes if there isn't alignment, I've seen marketing efforts that haven't been generating the top two priorities. Top two priorities are inbound leads and sales accepted opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so we want to drive all of our marketing effort towards those two things. And that really helps us to then have the further picture of what does it cost to acquire a customer? What is the um, ROI of our advertising spend? But if it all is based upon us generating more inbound leads and more sales accepted opportunities. Totally makes sense. All right. So how about go to market strategy? Oh, this will be our last deep dive of, of today. One thing we had, we had uh, Sangram Vadre on the, the podcast and he wrote this book called Move and he thinks about go to market strategy. It's a product, right? And, and that product is made up of your sales team, marketing team, CS team, mm -hmm. product team, right? It is a unit. It's a true unit, right? To move forward. But what what has your past experience taught you about go to market? Think about go to market strategy. Well, I, I would say he's actually 100% correct. And so we've talked today a lot about sales and marketing be aligned, but also customer success, engineering, oh, yeah. um, the product, getting feedback from customers or from prospects and getting it incorporated into future versions of the product is key and critical having customer success very well aligned with sales and actually having sales looking out for customer success to pinpoint, I, I view it as a target, right? And in the first meeting with a customer, you may have four or five rings around the bullseye. You may not in that first meeting earn the right with your customer to learn what their true, boy, you hit the bullseye on value delivered to them, right? But wow. if, you can, if you can land on the bullseye in your first couple of meetings, and then start to hone in on the bullseye as you turn it over to your CS team, customer success team, it makes their job so much easier to delight the customer, make them happy, make them referenceable, have them give referrals to their friends and family, and really have a combined marketing effort that aids all of your sales cycles. Well, this is why we're talking about SEO. Even the name of the podcast is Page One or Bust, and we were always referencing SEO here. But really what we're talking about is what we're calling pillar-based marketing. It's it's the flip side of the coin to the account-based marketing that you're talking about doing in your sales department, right? We're, we're trying to say, to supplement that from an organic strategy standpoint, the first thing you need to do is understand what pain your customers are going through and then be able to align to it. And so uh, what you just said is so profound to me, and it's such a good indicator of, of what we need to be doing with data. Like what is responsible data use in marketing in 2022? To me, it's in light of those critical conversations, one-on-one -on -one with a customer who's willing to tell you, this is exactly what I need. And you're giving it to me in the exact way that I need it. You need data to tell you what your, you know, ICP is actually asking about what are the, what are the problems they're trying to solve? Forget all that creativity that you got in your brain making you think, oh, well, if we just get the right slogan or we make, make the cutest ad or whatever the case might be, it's going to get through to them. Now, the only thing that's going to get through is, is bringing them some, some solution to the actual pain that they have. And for us, it's made the, all the difference in the world. And, and you're absolutely right. And, and it does take all of the departments working together towards a common goal. And that is, and, and your North Star, our North Star is our customer. So our number one core value here at Switchboard is we're only successful when our customers are successful. 
The way that you do that is you're really always seeking to understand what is their key goal and objective that you're trying to achieve for them. Yeah, that's spot on, guys. Dan, I just got to share this with you. I don't know, it was probably a year ago. I was in the platform playing around and I loaded in a B2C example and I decided to load up lipstick and I put in, you know, Maybelline and Revlon and all the major manufacturers of lipstick. And the platform showed that the most powerful, important, connected question in the world around lipstick is what does lipstick stand for? And not one manufacturer was answering that question. But there were various blogs. There were, I think we saw like three or four blogs that somehow they were answering that question. Okay. There's a lot of iterations of that question that, that we can see in the platform. But the but the core concept of if if I manufacture lipstick, and of course, you know, gloss and matte and ingredients and organic and all these other things matter. But the most important, powerful thing in the world, if I'm totally missing it, mm -hmm. 50% of my opportunity, just going down the drain because I'm not present. And so I, I love the whole concept of thinking customer first. What do they really want? What are they thinking about? What's their pain? Because you're, you're either what? You're either solving a pain mm -hmm. or fulfilling a desire. At the end yeah. of the day, it's one of those two things. Well, that's a great, I mean, it's a great story because like, what, what the hell kind of question is that? Like, I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> right? like until you actually look at the data, you don't know. You just don't yeah. know what people are talking about. Yeah. Right. And, and, and we're constantly doing that with and for our customers. We've got some fun, great customers. My One of my favorites is, well, Spotify is a wonderful, but Orange Theory Fitness, they really were looking mm. at how do they get people to invest an hour and pay for an hour of time and then sign yep. up for a membership? What's the best way to do that, right? Yep. And so we and they went on a data journey with them and we came up, can't give you the insight because this would be part of their outbound marketing reach. Right. We gave them some specific answers of what was working better and what were some of the best ways to entice new member enrollment? And then that engagement of the new members so they became lifelong members. They used data to answer those questions. It was pretty Beautiful. amazing. It's amazing. All right, we're gonna go into the rapid fire round. We've got a few just quick hit, high level questions, let it rip. Here we go. What is something that you have wanted to test but you have not yet? Anything come to mind? More automation, automated outbound and and being up more uh, diverse. Just we haven't felt like we could yet. We're doing personalized. How about top three marketing or sales tools that you just can't live without? So ICP profiling tools, SEO optimization. So what we're doing with you guys at Demand Jump and then intent research to find out at the back end who actually is visiting you on your website. Love it. That's great. Well, how about your best piece of advice for a revenue leader? Get alignment with your VP of marketing and then push that out to the other parts of the organization. But if the two of you are very well aligned on your goals and you can pick out an ideal customer profile, what are their pains? What are we trying to solve? You can really start to move the needle very quickly. I love Wise it. words. Yep, absolutely. Any Anything we didn't hit today, Dan, that you want to touch on? Make sure the audience hears. Um, gosh, you know, I think the, the thing that keeps me up at night um, these days is how to hit the number each and every quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because we have more data, we have more knowledge, and so we have better forecasts. And that's that's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. So you know, we are a data-centric company. Our CEO uses that data, so it keeps me on my toes. You know, it's it's definitely uh, the wave of the future, and we're very very proud to be providing it to our customers and 
been very thankful for the relationship we've had with Demand Jump. Well, thank you very much. I, 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 the analogy I think about w- with your comment there is we're all hamsters on wheels. It's like the faster we run, the faster we have to run. Yeah. It's never ending. Well, all right. Thank you very much. So how do how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about Switchboard and, and, and purchase your, your solution? Sure. Real easy to reach me at dan at switchboard-software.com. Go to switchboard-software.com or they can hit my cell phone, 312-399-3663. That's awesome. Right. I think that's the first. I think that is bold. We we live for boldness here at Demand Jump and you just crushed it, Dan. (laughs) True salesman. True salesman right there. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, you just heard some great expert advice from Dan Adams, the VP of revenue at Switchboard. So we are signing off along with uh, Ryan Brock, our chief content officer at Demand Jump. This is Christopher Day, the CEO of Demand Jump. And until next time, we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. Page One or Bust is brought to you by Demand Jump. Know the exact content to create to increase first page rankings and drive outcomes with Demand Jump. Get started for free today at demandjump.com.